Let's find a seat this evening. You guys are awesome. <clears throat> well, uh, Pastor Paul, like I said, is in Nashville um, with the Benson family, and Pastor Justin is on his way back from vacation. Uh, so you're stuck with me tonight, folks. Man, it's getting, it's getting bad. It's getting rough. Uh, I, and I feel kind of like the Lord, Lord weaseled me into this a little bit. Uh, I, I, I found out this afternoon that I was speaking tonight, but the series that Pastor Paul started last week is, is one that unfortunately um, I've had a whole lot of experience in dealing with. Um, and you guys that were here for our, our disc stuff, like our perfect fit when we took our disc, D-I-S-C, test and all that, and you, you know you know I'm an I, and I's have to be really careful about this whole pride thing. It's really easy for pride to creep in um, with an I, and, and I kind of want to share, I, I wanted to share a little bit tonight about some of my story and kind of what God has brought me through, um, because this is something that absolutely wrecked my life at one point, um, this pride versus humility struggle, and it's something that honestly I thought I had whipped and I didn't, it, it wasn't this normal sense of pride, it was this really sneaky um, kind of false sense of humility type thing going on that I was dealing with. And I want to just kind of stand here as a brother in Christ tonight. And as I walk through my struggles in my life, uh, one of the things that I felt the Lord tell me pretty clearly is that, Zach, you've got to communicate this because there are brothers and sisters in the same boat that you are in. Um, and, and I want to stand here tonight like a big red flag and say, don't do, uh, don't do this. Don't walk through what I walk through in a big way. So I want you guys to listen up. I don't care how long you've walked with the Lord or how much you think you've got it together or how many sermons you've heard on pride. Guys, I heard 100 sermons on pride and not letting pride creep into your life and on being humble. And I thought I had this thing nailed. But the Lord kind of dropped this phrase in me uh, a few years back. And I think it's really, really important. I want you to listen to it. And I want you to, to think about this phrase before Pastor Paul preaches uh, next week, too, on the same topic. Every time you hear a sermon on pride, I want you to remember, the moment that you think you've arrived, you have instantly not arrived. The moment you think you've arrived, you have instantly not arrived. When you think you've got pride nipped in the bud, and when you think you have conquered pride, watch out. Because evil's on the doorstep. I don't care if you're batting a 1,000. One time is all it takes for pride to get a stronghold in your life. Trust me, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm speaking as somebody who knows. And I'll tell you this, pride is hands down, hands down the king of all the negative and destructive pitfalls that can affect our lives. No one, everybody say no one. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody got time for that. Nobody is immune to pride. Nobody. I don't care how young, how old you are, how long you've walked with the Lord, how long you've not walked with the Lord. Like, pride is something you can't just sweep under the rug and think, oh, you know what? I addressed pride back in 1984, and I am good in that department. It doesn't work like that. Pride is something we constantly have to be watching. We have to constantly keep a grip on it and be watching for this, this pitfall in our lives and, and rebuke it and get it out of our lives and walk as somebody who's walking in the spirit, who is humble. You know, and it, it's really hard too for those of you guys that are in leadership positions of any sort. You've gotta constantly be watching this 
Because as you lead, I want you to look like Jesus when you lead. You can lead out of a place of humility. This servanthood, servant leader mentality is what you've got to walk by. We don't measure our leadership standards by what the world says, but by what Jesus says. And so for leaders, not leaders, anybody, pride is this thing that we have to deal with. And so I want to share my story a little bit. I had been in ministry for about five years or so, and things were really clicking along, and God had moved big time. Um, I had just gone back to my home church and, and gotten a position there ministering to students. And, um, man, things really took off. It was so neat. God was really blessing us. Like, we had quadrupled or some. It was ridiculous in, like, three, four months, five months. Um, just hundred, hundreds of kids just coming in on Wednesday nights. And, and so things were moving along really nicely. And I started to really in, just get in a place where I was enjoying um, the stuff of what was happening and sort of missing what God was doing. And it was one thing I remember all the time thinking, okay, I gotta not be prideful here. I gotta not be prideful here. I gotta be careful and not let pride slip in because I felt myself getting into this little bit of a weird spot um, because I was paying attention to things that I knew deep down that God really didn't care about as much as I did. You know, I, I cared about him, but God would probably go, oh, I, don't, I don't care. Here's what I care about, Zach. Uh, and, and I felt myself slip into that. And so it was this weird thing where I felt like me addressing it internally all the time. If, if I thought about it, I thought I was paying my penance. You know, I thought I was addressing it enough just because it crossed my mind. That's not true. That's something, pride has to be eradicated. That's gotta, it's gotta be pulled up from the roots. You can't just keep snipping off the top of the, the weed right there. You've got to pull pride up from the roots in your heart. And I'm telling you, the roots are, are strong and they are deep. And you don't see them all the time. There's a lot going on underground sometimes that you don't um, necessarily see. And I want to encourage you, don't skip over that stuff. If the Lord is trying to reveal something to you, listen up. And I'll tell you, I had, I had no shortage of people in my life who were encouraging, encouraging me with the word, who were, check, who were checking up on me and, and helping me be accountable but I was completely oblivious just to this poison that had started to contaminate my heart. And I wasn't going around going, look at me, look how great I am, look at this great, wonderful ministry I have created. I wasn't doing anything just crazy out of line, but my heart was getting sideways and I was losing focus. And I wanna tell you something, if, the moment that you lose focus, you are in serious danger of pride creeping in. You guys ever been driving down the road and you start looking off one way? What happens when you start looking at something besides your wife elbowing you in the rib cage? You start to veer off and it's the same way in our walk with Christ. If we mess around and get our focus off the Lord and we stop spending time with him and we, we kind of quit praying as much as we used to, and we kind of quit spending as much time in the word and studying and we take for granted that we know certain things and we take for granted that the fundamentals of the faith are covered and all that stuff, we really start to slip up. And we forget to guard our hearts against pride. No matter how many times we've read it in the word, we forget to do this sometimes, church. And you guys have been where I'm at. I know you have. It's so easy. And the enemy uses pride so frequently. We don't even realize it. It's one of the most subtle sneaky tools of the enemy. 
And then when it gets really bad, it is ugly. It, it is really ugly. But it's something that we can completely overcome and, and we can be vigilant against. You know, and I got to the point in my life where I just stopped being vigilant. And I stopped listening to the warning signs that God was giving me. And the next thing you know, I had lost everything. Um, completely out of ministry. My family was falling apart. I was in just rank, just awful sin. And it was, it was terrible. And it all started in this place in my heart that I was trying to hide from the Lord or trying to ignore, trying to just pretend like it wasn't there because I thought I had it covered. And I encourage you, David prayed in the word, search my heart, make it clean. Any unclean way in me. And that's a prayer that I wanna encourage you to pray all the time. And I'm gonna share some steps with you in just a minute as to how we can practically make sure that we're doing that. But man, it's gotta start on your knees. Lord, is there anything in me that is keeping me away from you? Is there anything, is there any unclean way in me? And Lord, if there is, I want you to shine your light on it right now. And, it, and it, that is something you've gotta pray, not just daily, but like multiple times through the day would be wonderful. Lord, is there anything, am, am I getting sideways here? God, Daddy, I don't wanna get away from you. I don't wanna get a, away from my Father in any way. I don't wanna look to the left or the right. I wanna have dove's eyes and be focused on my Father and what he's telling me. And that's a prayer I wanna encourage you to pray constantly. I'd come to a point in my life where I was building a kingdom based on my own merit and my own ability rather than letting God's kingdom take control of me. With every single step I took, I stepped farther and farther and sunk farther and farther and deeper and deeper into the quicksand of pride that I already mired myself in. And there's nothing that can, can get us out of this pit except the Father. There's, not, there's nothing that can rescue us. We can't rescue ourselves from pride. This humble spirit comes from following and focusing and pursuing Christ. I wanna read a passage to you, Proverbs 16, one through five. And again, guys, this is something you've read before. Don't ignore this scripture, I'm begging you. The word of God is living and active and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And so right now, consider that as we read this. It says we can make our own plans, but the Lord gives the right answer. People may be pure in their own eyes, that's where I was, but the Lord examines their motives. Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. The Lord has made everything. Everybody say everything. The Lord has made everything for his own purposes. Even the wicked for a day of disaster. The Lord detests the proud. They will surely be punished. You see, I knew my calling, the calling that God had on my life was real and I knew he had called me. And I knew he had called me into certain things. But I also know from reading this passage that God's not gonna be mocked and he's not gonna let somebody represent his name falsely. And he will punish the sin of pride. If you are wondering if this pride that you're dealing with in your life will ever be found out and if you are wondering if you will ever have any consequences for the pride that you're dealing with, the answer is not only yes, but heck yes. You will have to deal with this at some time. 
or the Lord's going to deal with it for you. I mean, did your parents ever tell you that? You either fix this or I'm going to fix it for you. They only had to tell me that about once because something else got fixed after that. But God's going to deal with the sin of pride. He's going to deal with it. I didn't have a sense of pride where I was sitting around thinking, you know what, Lord, I really want to steal glory from you today. God, I really would like to steal glory from your name. I, I didn't sit around all day thinking like that, but it was this subtle, distorted view of what was happening in my life, that the good things in my life somehow I was responsible for. But here's the deal. The Lord has made everything for whose purposes? Not, not mine, not yours. He's made everything for his own purposes. And, and whatever is happening in our lives is, is happening because God has purposed it. So his purposes will be accomplished. He's God. And do I choose to walk with him or not? And if I don't, pride's going to get punished. My requirement from the Lord, and we read it over and over and over and over in the word, is to remain humble and to walk humbly. Walk humbly with my God. That's my requirement as a believer. And that's where, where the Lord really comes in. Proverbs 16, 16 says, Unfailing love and faithfulness make atonement for sin. By fearing the Lord, people avoid evil. One of the ways that I feel like pride really crept into my life is because I really, really got to the point where I cared about the opinion of man so much. And, and it wasn't even that I wanted him to say, Zach, you're doing a great job. Zach, you are just really tearing it up right here. And I'm so proud of you. It was, it was more like this, this weird thing where I wanted people to recognize it and just talk about what, whether it was numbers or how fun something was or whatever. It was just this distorted thing where I, I was focused on the opinion of people so much that I forgot about what God thought. That my, my opinion and of the way that my life was going was based on what people thought about my spirituality or what people thought about my relationship with the Lord. And the whole time, I'm, I'm straying away from the Lord. But I'm hearing, oh, Zach, you just, gosh, this is so good. Lord's really moving, Zach. You're just really, man, those, those sermons are anointed. And, da, 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 and I'm, I'm just sitting there receiving it all falsely. And I am getting farther and farther and farther away from God. Can I tell you, it doesn't matter what we think. It matters what God thinks. It doesn't matter what we think. Are we or are we not following what the Lord has called us to do? And, and God is so awesome. He's given us his word. It's not, it's not rocket science. And I'm not going to stand up here and say it's easy, but it is simple. It's simple, but it's not easy. Walking with the Lord is simple, but it's not easy. We've got his word and we've got the Holy Spirit in us. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. But it is an effort. It is something that we have to choose to do. We have to choose to walk with the Lord. I've got to make a decision to follow him every day. Take up my cross daily and follow him. I have to do that. If we really walk humbly in the fear of the Lord, pride cannot develop a foothold in our lives. If we will simply submit to God and resist the devil, he will flee. I'm telling you what, this is like Bible drills coming out of me. Like that word is, is in me. It's true. 
Resist the devil and he will flee from you. He will. And all that wisdom we want and all of that begins with the fear of the Lord. It's, it's so neat because so many of the things we're praying through as a staff and as a, a prayer team, it is, it, this is just all in one little neat gift basket from the Lord. You know, the stuff that w- went on Sunday, what God's doing in our church, he's trying to tell us something, church, and I want us to listen. If we will get, if we will get this thing right, oh my goodness gracious, this hill can't contain it. Through my entire situation, after I was willing to confess and after I got this, to this place of just brokenness and genuine confession um, and to be open and exposed to what the Lord was trying to say to me, you know, I want to tell you there was nothing but complete grace and love and that there's a way out. If we are mired in pride, if, you got, if you're sitting there right now and you're going, oh my goodness, this is me. You know, I have every symptom of, of dealing with pride and humility is not marking me right now. Let me tell you, there is hope. It's okay. It's not okay, but it's okay because there's a way out. There's a way out. There is hope. And this is great. This is another one of those Bible drills verses from when I was a kid. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's who we serve. But all that right there is is rooted in a humble attitude. It's the opposite of pride. And I will tell you, humility wins every time. And this little logo up here, I don't know if you've noticed this, but pride is the challenger and humility is the champion. And I don't know if you noticed this either, Weird marketing people, I know. But pride is bigger looking than humility, isn't it? You know that that's the case in our lives is that pride looks like this big bad thing that can't be conquered, but all it is is a challenger. And humility is the champion. Humility is the heart of the Father. It's, it's, it's the picture of Jesus Christ. He didn't consider himself better than us but he humbled himself to death on a cross. The son of God came to earth and died a horrible death for us. It's the son of God. Now, if that's not the picture of humility, I don't know what is. is, There's not a better picture than what Jesus did for us. And if we will confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And when we hear this word humility, one of the things we think is like, God just wants to break us and make this, us this feeble, weak, little nothing, little worm that just has no power and is just subordinate and God's just this big mean. We've got the wrong picture of our father. He's a good father. He's a good father and he loves us. And if we will walk humbly with him, we get to know who he really is. And it's not this negative picture that people have painted sometimes. God is not out there trying to crush us and squish us like a bug. He's wanting to welcome us in. Did you know we have been adopted in to his kingdom? That's what the word says. We've been grafted in. Can't get unadopted. He's he's grafted us into his kingdom. He's made a way through Jesus Christ for that to happen. But that begins in having a humble heart and going, Lord, you know what? From the very beginning of your walk with Christ, 
I know I'm a sinner. I've messed up. But God, I know that you can fix every single issue in me. You're the answer. That's the beauty of who God is. There's always this mercy picture of God the Father. And time and time again, just crack open the Bible to almost anywhere, and you see God restoring broken, messed up people. God used people like that all the time. So if you're sitting here tonight and you're going, you know what? I am pretty messed up. I just don't know that there's hope for me. Let me just tell you, you are sitting in the catbird seat for God to really do something awesome with your life. You are not damaged goods. You are not too far gone. We've got a God that loves getting broken people. And, and you know what? Broken people, sometimes the most broken people are the people who look like they've got it together the most. And that, that was me. You know, I raised in church, the whole deal, saved at an early age. My parents are both amazing people who walk with the Lord. You know, just a heritage of faith. I knew what to say. I knew what to do. I knew how to act. I knew how to respond in church. I knew how to play church. I knew how to act like I was worshiping. But until I got to this point where I really knew what humility really, really was, I didn't, I didn't know my father. I had a messed up view of him. But man, I'm telling you right now, I'm, I, I am wrecked. You can't, <laughs> I can't unsee what I've seen now. I can't unsee what I've seen in my father. And when I get up here and I worship, I can't, I can't ignore the words that are on the screen that anytime we say restoration or redemption or healing or recovery or any of that, I can't just sing that word and go, oh, that's a great word. No, I just get broken because I know what God can do. And church, it's the same way with you. I don't care where you're at. There is a plan for your life. And if, if you will humble yourself, and surrender yourself, that plan's gonna come to pass. And God's gonna honor that. God is in the restoring business. And not just restoring the way that it was, but restoring to better than it was before. So as I kind of began the healing process in my life, there were some things that I got some good advice on. There were some things that God kind of walked me through. And as I look back, some practical steps on how to eliminate and eradicate pride in my life and to try to keep it away and to be vigilant about it. There's a few things that I want to point out that I think will help us out as a body. And if you've got uh, a, a pen there in front of you and some notes to jot it down on, I'd love for you to jot it down. And not because I came up with these great things, but I think they, they're truly from the Word of God and they work. Um, and number one is we need good people around us at all times. And we hear this word all the time in the church. It's a really churchy word we say a lot. It's accountability. Accountability. And, and accountability is a wonderful thing, and I am not knocking having an accountability partner or any of that stuff or even using the word accountability. But accountability is only as good as you are, as you are willing to be real with the Lord. Accountability with your brother or sister is only as good as you are willing to be real with the Lord. As brothers and sisters in Christ, we know what to say to each other. But at the end of the day, when your head hits the pillow, you are accountable to the Lord. The Lord knows your heart. He knows your motives, like the scripture we, we read earlier. God knows our motives. He doesn't just know our actions. Our brothers and sisters can read us by our actions, and they can know what's going on because of the fruit that's in our lives. That will be revealed. And at some point, that stuff's going to come out of us. It's going to ooze out of us, good or bad. But God knows us to the core. He knows who we are. 
And I want to encourage you, find somebody that you are willing to be 110% real with. And I'm not talking about, all right, let's get together and talk about all the things we've done wrong this week. I'm talking about somebody who you can go to and say, hey, in my walk with the Lord this week, let me tell you what I'm struggling with. Let me tell you where I have some questions and let me tell you where I really need prayer. I am struggling pretty badly with this or I feel like I'm about to start struggling here and I need you to stand in the gap with me and what we need to do together is pray that God would shine the light on that stuff. And, and I wanna encourage you, if, you're, if you have people in your life that you trust, get around them and be completely 100% real with them because the Lord knows what's going on in your heart. Have somebody that you can share that with. Not as a ritualistic, legalistic thing, but because you want somebody to stand with you and you need to stand with somebody. The Lord has given us each other for a reason. We are a body working together. And I wanna encourage you, we need good people around us at all times. Number two, we need to be in a place of constant humility, a place of constant humility. As we walk through our lives and we, we go through our day-to-day -day and we get caught in all these mundane patterns, we have got to remember to function in a constant place of humility. We've got to walk with the Lord constantly. And humility, again, it's not weakness. Humility is actually strength. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. And those of you guys who've been walking with the Lord and you've had situations where you knew you were weak in an area and God showed up and allowed you to minister in a certain way or allowed you to walk through a situation in a certain way and you can look back and go, well, that was awesome and I know it wasn't me because that really worked well. Because I would have, I would have just really messed that up royally if I would have done that myself. We've got to recognize humility is not weakness. We've got to be in this place where we recognize we are weak, but he is strong. In our weakness, he looks even stronger. And man, I get excited when people have to shake their heads and go, how did that happen? And I go, I don't know, other than the Lord, I don't know. And that's awesome. Man, that gets me fired up. And I don't ever wanna be in this place where I, where I think I've done anything, where I think I've done something great, where I think I've caused something wonderful to happen. No, it's the Lord. And in my weakness, he is made strong. Our strongest point is when we are completely surrendered to his plan. That is when we are at our strongest. When we have decided that we're gonna kill our own desires, we're gonna be crucified with Christ so that we can really live. All that stuff that we read about is true when we're strongest, when we're, when we're dead to ourselves. It's when we're at our strongest, when he is living through us, when we are in a place of constant humility, our boast becomes not in how great we are or how holy we are, but in how utterly messed up we are and how holy and set apart God is. The less we make of ourselves, the more able God is to put his power on us. We're promised that by remaining humble and submissive that God not only will provide us with his grace, but he gives us Christ's power. It's what we sang about tonight. I wasn't preaching tonight six hours ago. And here we scheduled this song three months ago. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. It's not us, folks. 
<laughs> You're so stinking awesome, Lord. Do you, see, do, you, do you see the vast importance of staying in this place of humility? We have to stay here. The minute we get off this wagon, we're in big trouble. Stay in this place of humility. Surround yourself with people who will help keep you there. And last, we need to have a plan to protect ourselves. We've got to have a plan. And part of that plan is the first two steps above. I mean, I think those things all work together. Um, surrounded by good people and then constantly evaluating our stance with the Lord. Um, asking him, again, like I said at the beginning, Lord, where is an unclean way in me? Is there anything in me that you need to reveal or search out through a brother of mine or through a sermon or through a song or through whatever? Is there something in me you need to reveal? But those, those are huge components in having a plan. Um, but, but here are a couple more steps you can take, and these are um, a couple of steps I had to take when I was confronted with my pride. Um, something the Lord kind of told me is that the best part of a plan is its position. And when I was battling uh, the sin of pride in my life and realizing what it caused, I started thinking about uh, war and, and battle strategy, and I'm kind of a Civil War nerd. I really love Civil War history, and really love Civil War history, you know. Yeah. Uh, but one of the neatest things is, I don't, I don't care how ancient you go back into war history, the guys that are in the best position have a really fantastic advantage every time. And position is a big deal. Um, and, you know, realtors will tell you the same thing. Location, location, location. Three most important words in real estate. Um, I did learn something in college. A good plan becomes great, though, when the positioning is proper. A good plan becomes great when the positioning is proper. And for us as a, as a believer, our positioning has got to be right next to Jesus Christ. We've got to put ourselves in a position where we are constantly shoulder to shoulder with our Savior. We are constantly walking with him. We are constantly seeking him out and asking him. If you don't ask the Lord multiple times during your day, Lord, what do you think about this? Lord, what should I do right here? Start now. Lord, what do you think about this? I mean, like, this has been really cool. It's been neat hanging around Pastor Justin for a lot of my life because this is something he's really, really great at. And I, and I, I get around him and I get better at it too. I love it because it, he, he will just, we'll be in the room and, you know, I'll be, I'll be you know, thinking through something and, and really just trying to use my thinking cap and just really hammer out a solution to something. And he's like, he'll just go, well, Lord, um, what do you think about that? And I'm like, darn you. Over-spiritualize everything. But he's so right. It's so good. It, and it's neat. The, the older we've gotten and the more I've gotten to know him, man, I do that all the time. And, and I'll text him and I'll say, I just pastored Justin this situation. And, and I'll, because I'll just stop and, and go, why am I, why am I freaking out about this? Why am I racking my brain trying to figure this out when I've got a perfectly good savior that I'm walking with that knows the answer and knows the end from the beginning? And I, I can just go, hey, Jesus, hey, Lord, I need some, I need some wisdom right here. I need some wisdom. Just stop what you're doing. It's not rocket science. You don't have to go through a big liturgy, but just go, hey, what do, you think, what do you think about that, Lord? Give me a little wisdom right there. Your word, your word t tells me, if I ask for wisdom, you grant it freely. And God, I know you're not a liar. I know you are true to your word 100% of the time. So Lord, I need a little wisdom right here. And God, I know that you told me that 
the prayers of a righteous man avail much. And I'm not made righteous because of what I did. I'm made righteous because of what Jesus did. And so you see me through the righteousness of Christ. And so I know that if I pray and I seek your face, that you're gonna give me an answer. And there's gonna be a solution at the end of this deal. It's, it's, not, it's not crazy difficult, folks. We just gotta remember to do it and not think that we have some power to get ourselves out of any situation because we don't. The moment we think we've arrived, we've instantly not arrived. The minute we think we're so super smart we can get out of this situation in our own power, we're gonna mess it up. Maybe not right then, but eventually. And so just ask, just ask your father. We can, we can ask him any time. Do you know that Jesus Christ, because of what he did, made access to the father for us anytime we want it? How cool is that? Can we do it? Just, there's a big fat gift right here for us and we just gotta take advantage of it. We just gotta open it. We gotta put ourselves in a position to execute this plan. The best part of a plan is its position. And next we need to protect ourselves by actually applying the word. It's what I've been talking about here. I stole my own thunder. All the head knowledge in the world doesn't make one bit of difference. Doesn't make one bit of difference. I had for, for miles, head knowledge for days about what the word said about this or what the, what's, you know, what's the history on this, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't matter. What actually matters is that we're not just hearers of the word, but what? Doers. Not just hearers, but doers. We gotta make application. It's fantastic to know lots of stuff about the Lord, but do we know the Lord? Do I know the Lord? Am I really walking with the Lord? And I'll tell you, the difference between where I was not knowing my father for real and then where I'm getting to, again, this is a walk. I have not arrived, but I know where he's brought me to now and that feeling, I, I will never trade that for anything. Nothing is worth trading that relationship in. And I, I, walking with the father, there is no better place. There's no more fulfilling place, but that comes from not just knowing about him, it comes from knowing him and spending time, genuine time with him, not just going through the motions, but genuinely getting a place where you love the Lord and, and, and you want to know him more constantly. And you're not satisfied with where you're at, but you're constantly hungry for more. It's this weird thing, and Nisera talks about this all the time, and it's so true, it's like, you're satisfied, but you're so hungry. You're satisfied, but you're so hungry. You're satisfied in who the Lord is and what he's doing in your life, but you're still so hungry. It's just this, this battle. It's like, oh Lord, I want more of you, but you're so good. But I want more of you, but you're so good. It's, it's awesome. Woo, amen. Ultimately, the greatest plan of production is a plan that isn't at all devised or figured out by us. Ultimately, the wisest planning on our own part will not compare to the most foolish plan that God could ever come up with. You know, his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are higher, his thoughts are better. The greatest plan of all in this pride versus humility deal is complete surrender to the Lord. And again, surrender is one of these words. I, want you, I, I kinda wanna leave you, leave you hanging right here because I want you to go through this week the rest of the week, 
And think about this word, surrender. I surrender all. All to Jesus, I surrender. It's a word that we sing a lot. It's a word that we say a lot. We surrender our heart. We surrender our life. We surrender our plans. But I want you to think about the weight in that, in that word right there. And that's a word that as we sing it, every time I sing the word surrender, I have to go, hmm, Lord, can I really say that? Because if I can, I want to be able to say it, Lord. I want to be able to say that I'm surrendered to you. All to Jesus, I surrender. All to him, I freely give. I will ever love and trust you. In your presence, daily live. Like, can I really say that? Can I really say the word surrender and mean it? Like, I really surrender my life. But I'm telling you, when you get to a place of true surrender, that, com that comes through humility and knowing we can't figure this thing out. Destroying pride in our life to where we know that our plan is not gonna work, that his plan is perfect 100% of the time. And if our positioning is proper, we're gonna nail this thing. We're gonna nail it. We're gonna be able to walk in humility because we look like Jesus if we're around Jesus a whole lot. And so that's my prayer. As you walk through the week, surrender. God, what does it mean? I'm asking him, Lord, teach me every day to evaluate where I stand with you. Not because I'm, not because I'm wondering if you're still there at all. No, because I wanna make sure I'm right next to you, Lord. I wanna make sure that my positioning is proper. Amen? Amen. Let's pray.